John 1 and also John chapter 3. In chapter 1 we read verses 10 to 13 and then in chapter 3 we read verses 1 to 15. Of course this uh, chapter talks about our Lord Jesus Christ who is God and who was with God from the beginning as it says there in verse 1. We start our reading in verse 10. It is about Christ. John first, John, uh, John 1 chapter 10, uh, chapter 1 verse 10 through to 13. He was in the world and th- though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. Then we go to chapter 3 and we read from verse 1. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, No one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. How can a man be born when he is old? Nicodemus said, surely he cannot enter the second time into his mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the Spirit. He gives flesh, flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at, at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus said. You are Israel's teacher, Jesus said, and you do not understand these things. I tell you the truth, we speak of what we know and we testify of what have we seen, but still you people do not accept our testimony. I've spoken to you of earthly things, And you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who has come from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake of the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. 
This is the reading from the Word of God. <clears throat> to His name be glory and praise. From this chapter in the Bible, John chapter 3, verses 1 to 15, I bring to you the Word of God and the theme then, born of the Spirit, or the Holy Spirit and rebirth. I want to begin this message this morning with just to point out a few misconceptions in terms of what to be born again does not mean. Or when we talk about the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. You see, to be born again these days have been have been uh, abused, or the term of, has been abused by so many people <clears throat> in the sense that they call themselves born-again Christians, but their life does not match up. So there is this reference to this group of people, you call themselves born-again Christians. And that it's become a sort of a tag that you can easily add onto the life of people and say they are a bit weird. They are a bit sort of, they fall in their own category. And therefore you will never understand them because they are a bit airy-fairy, not of this planet. Now the point is, you cannot talk about a Christian who is not born again. There is no such a thing. A Christian is by definition someone who has experienced the birth of the Spirit. There's another misconception and that is that repentance equals being born again. As if that is the same thing. It is not the same thing. And I'll try to work that out and explain this through, through the sermon this morning. And I know that children might more or less get lost this morning and say, well, we don't understand these things. And I hope that I can explain it to the parents so that they can go and explain it to their children. Because that's, that's, it's crucial that we understand what the Bible is all about this morning. Repentance and being born again is not the same thing. Repentance follows the rebirth by the Holy Spirit. It is a logical outworking of being born again. Can I just leave it there for the moment? Therefore, we can say to be born again, as the Lord Jesus put it to Nicodemus that night, when he came to see him, you must be born again, is therefore, in that sentence, not a command. It is not as if the Lord Jesus said to Nicodemus, Nicodemus, go and get born again. As if that was a command. 
What the Lord Jesus said there to Nicodemus is a fact. It is a statement of truth. Nicodemus, you will not see and understand these things unless you are born again. That's the point there. It is not a command. Repentance is a command. Repentance is something that comes to us as the Lord works through His Holy Spirit, through the preaching of His Word. Yes, that is a command. But being born again is a work of the Holy Spirit. It is therefore not a command. It is a statement to say, if this has not happened in our life, we cannot see the kingdom of heaven. That is biblical language. Which means that the word, the expression there, you cannot see the kingdom of heaven, uh, it might mean that you will not be able to go there to see it. But with the, in the context, it would say is, your eyes would just be shut. You would not be able to see these things. That's what the Lord said to Nicodemus. He said, I talk, I talk to you about the earthly things and yet you don't understand. How would it be if I talk to you about heavenly things? Therefore, the Bible says this. You must be born again, which means that if you want to go to heaven, the Holy Spirit must do the work of rebirth in your life so that your eyes can be opened, so that you can understand things of the world of God and the kingdom of God, and you can understand what the Bible is all about. Another misconception is this. Well, because there are these weird mob calling themselves born-again Christians who do not live up to the expectation of a new life. To some people, being born-again means to have your name on the, you know, on, the, on the role of your church, and therefore that's good enough, you'll go to heaven. Therefore, the assumption for many people is, these people have got it wrong, you just need to be good, you'll go to heaven. Don't be so, so, so ridiculous as this born-again group of people. They, they are just way off the planet. Just carry on doing your thing. Try your hardest. You'll get in heaven. Now, that is not true. Another misconception, and I don't want to dwell too long on these things, is that the Holy Spirit is an add-on being received as a second stage of your Christian experience. We know that the, 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 the whole process of being born again is the work of the Holy Spirit. But some people say no, no, no. Because there's a confusion between what repentance and, 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 and what uh, uh, being born again is. They say, well, first of all, you have to repent. And then further down the track, as you grow in your spiritual life, you will receive the Holy Spirit, and that will put you on another level of spiritual experience. That is not true. Point is, we are born again where it all starts by the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit. You see, there are two births. We've read about it too this morning. One in Psalm 139 and the one that we read about in John chapter 3. Natural birth is an act of God. It's, a it's an act of God. It is that God in his, 
in his wonderful design and planning put together two human cells by his own design it is his act and, and nothing we can do will ever take that away and all of us are born the same way you think about it that all the six billion people how many are we these days on the face of the earth i mean it's a lot of people you just need to go to some of these big cities and you see how many people there are and you think to yourself that's not the only city on the face of the earth and that's not the only people and we are only a drop in the ocean in terms of population world population here in australia you can you just an amazing and all of them are called into existence by an and merciful act of God, although it is abused these days as if it is a right not to have children or to have them killed even before they're born. May God have mercy on us. But all of us, however we are wonderfully made and designed, we are born in sin. There's not a single one on the face of the earth out of the whole world population we have that is not born without sin. We are born into sin and we are conceived in sin. What happens then is flesh give birth to flesh. There's no one who can actually say, well, I want my children to be better than me and I want my children to live out of this world and, 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 and then to be sinless and therefore I'm going to try my hardest and we're going to have a child that is so good that it will be without sin. You, you've raised a few kids, you'd understand, boy oh boy, you realize very early in life that they are not little angels. Whatever you try, you can give them the best, the best of education and all these things but before you know, they are into one another's hair. And, 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 and a micro world plays itself out in your living room on the carpet as they would steal from one another, fight about things that do not belong to them, pull one another's hair, hate one another openly. I never understood that biblical term, brotherly love. Now I do, but not then. Birth gives birth, or flesh gives birth to flesh. But there is a birth from above, and that is what the Bible is talking about by being born again. It's a birth from above. It means that we are not born through natural descent. It is not to say, well, I'm, I'm born a Christian. I'm reborn a Christian. And in this process, there was no human decision. God says in his, in his word, in that, in that expression there, not in John chapter 1, not by the decision of man. It is, it is God's decision. Not by a husband's will. It is a birth of God. 
And then we read in John chapter 3 verse 6 that the Holy Spirit gives this birth. Now the question is why do we need to be born again? Well, the mind of sinful man is death. Romans chapter 8 verse 5 to 8 spells it out. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death. But to set the mind of the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on flesh is hostile to God. For those, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it can not. For those who are in the flesh, the Bible says, cannot please God. So here I'm born and I, I grew up in a family that were Christian and all these things. And, and I, I, I just go my natural way and I read this verse and I say, well, I, I've been good. I, I really have done not a lot of bad things in my life. I've not killed anyone. I've not really stolen anyone's property. I respect life. I do all the good things that you would like to think that Christians normally supposed to do. And yet the Bible says here, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Now we need to some, understand something about Nicodemus. Nicodemus was of the Pharisees. And if, if, if ever there was a mob of people that really did well in life, it was the Pharisees. I mean, they did a lot of good things. They actually would shame us in the way in which they would, in a way, then live out the law of God. The only problem was that they thought that their, their legalistic way of living out the law of God, and as they added on to it to live more and more holy, they would have a righteousness of their own that would give them an inheritance in heaven. Nicodemus was one of those who would walk into the Lord's room that night, wherever he stopped in, in, in the Passover in Jerusalem. And when he asked Lord him about where you're from, and you know, you, you must be from God, and the Lord said yes, uh, Nicodemus, because the previous two verses in the chapter there, chapter 2, actually says, He knew, our Lord knew the heart of man. So he knew what the heart of Nicodemus was. Nicodemus, you tried your hardest to be good. And you know what? You cannot please God. And I think it must have come like a, a slap in the face to Nicodemus. It's almost as if he, would, if he could reply and say, So you, you're telling me that I'm missing out on heaven? You know, the Pharisees were a wonderful group of people in that sense that they really tried to do their hardest. And, and they, in, in the process, they would add to the law of God the Ten Commandments. They add another 613. Yeah, 613. Every time they come up with something that's really good, they add that to the Bible or to the law of God. One of them laws was, uh, don't laugh at this if you want to, okay? Um, uh, just to show you how sensitive they became to try to be so good, is if you eat an egg on a Sabbath day, 
You can only eat the egg if you plan to kill the hen the next day. Why would you kill the hen the next day? Because she dared laying an egg on the Sabbath. So you have to punish the hen for, for the egg that she labored on on the Sabbath day. So you're doing a good thing if you kill the thing the next day if you had the egg today. You see, that is ridiculous. You know, women should not walk past a mirror on the Sabbath day. That's one of the rules. A woman, a woman should not work past... Yeah, well, Steve is nodding. He says, yes, well, he, he, should, he, he agrees with that. But they said she might find a gray hair. Now, it's not because they, she'd be surprised that she'd have a gray hair. The sinful thing in seeing that you've got a gray hair is that you might start working by pulling it out. You see, that is the main thing. And, and Nicodemus was there and, and, and he asked, Lord, you, you are from heaven. We see this. You see all the miracles, miracles you do. And, and I'm just here to more or less confirm with you that I am with you on, uh, on your way. And the Lord looks at him and he said, you would not see the kingdom of God unless you are born again. You don't have that, Nicodemus, by the way you try your hardest. And that is what we need to understand today. There is no thing, nothing you and I can do. Not even coming to church every Sunday. It, 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 that in itself, if it happens because of our repentance and our new birth, new birth and, and we want to do that to, because God has given us the new birth, well, then it's another thing. But if I think, well, I better try my hardest, I better do all these good things as Nicodemus thought, then I'll go to heaven. And the Lord says, no, it doesn't work that way because flesh cannot please God. And apart from that, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 8 said, none of the rulers of this age understood it. That is the way of Christ. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. You see, unless the Holy Spirit opens our mind then we would not know who the Lord Jesus is. We would not even comprehend the reason for his death. Therefore it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, uh, verse 10, God has revealed it to us by his Spirit. The Spirit researches all things, even the deep things of God. The Holy Spirit reveals it to us. He opens our eyes. He takes away that veil in our heart and our mind so we can see these things. And then we realize, as the Apostle Paul says, I tried all these things and, and, and I've really been, he lists it, all the good things of him being a Pharisee. And he said, all of this counted nothing to me until I have met Christ. And when I've met Christ, I, I put all these things aside as if they were rubbish in order to know Christ. Therefore, we need a spiritual birth in order to believe heavenly things. We just, wouldn't, we just wouldn't get it. Our mind would be shut. Therefore, we need a rebirth. And we need the work of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. And not only in our hearts, in our minds, in, our, in, in everything of us. 
Oh, then we understand God's gift. And then we can actually accept God's gift. Can you remember what we read there in John chapter 1? That he, the Son of God, came into this world to his own people, and they did not receive him. They couldn't see it. But then it says there, to whom God then gave that rebirth, they received him. And they were made children of God. We can only discern God's way in a spiritual way. That is by the Spirit. Therefore, spiritual birth is necessary. Because the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. That's what the Bible says. In Romans chapter 8 verse 10, But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. question now is, how are we born again? We, we worked it out now that that is, ne- that is necessary. And we worked it out that it's the work of the, of the Holy Spirit in our heart. We worked it out from the Bible that it's not a command. It is a, it's a profound statement in the Bible. And you might say, well, no, no you've got me in a corner here. If, if it's not a command, and if it's not something that I can do, if it is something that only God does through his Holy Spirit, what does it have to do with me? Well, the Bible tells us it is the work of God's Spirit. And the Spirit works in and through the Scriptures. The Spirit reveals to us the work of Christ, that's his, that was his assignment when the Lord Jesus said, the one, the comforter, the spirit that will come after me, he will take of what belongs to me and he will give it to you. So the spirit of God, by the reading of the word and the preaching of the word, what he does is he explains to us in our hearts the things that Christ did for us so that we can understand that, so that we can apply it to our life, so that we can be able to understand these things. That is how it does, how it's done. We are washed by the Word and the Spirit. Titus chapter 3, 5, you can go and read it there. We are washed by the Spirit through the Bible. It is a work of grace. It is a work that God does because he wants. And by the gospel call, the Holy Spirit takes all the things Christ did for us and he preaches that in our hearts as we read it in his Bible. And keep in mind, the Holy Word of God is inspired by the Holy Spirit. So it's the Holy Spirit that takes his own word, which is the word of God, and he applies it to our heart, testifying about the work of Christ done to and for us. And now he puts it before us, and where, does, where do we come in now? Where do we come in now? I want to read this to you because that is, that is so important. 
Just as, that's verse 14 of uh, John chapter 3. Just as Moses lifted up the snake of the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. We talk about the cross of Jesus. That everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. That's when you, when you look away from yourself and your own good deed works and, 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 and uh, good deeds and all these things and we think by ourselves, well, I'm good enough to go to heaven. It is to say, well, like Nicodemus had, well, we don't see in that part in the scriptures that Nicodemus came to the Lord that night. It was just too much perhaps for him at that stage. But it is to look away from ourselves and then look up to Jesus who is the one raised up for life. And then now I believe in him. This is a, this is a, a whole mystery. I, I, I can't explain the full thing to you, but you would know. You would know, my dear brother and sister. You would know. You would know that moment when all of a sudden your mind just understands. All of a sudden, God makes it clear to you. And you know that this Lord Jesus, I have to accept as my Lord and my Savior. This Lord Jesus is the one that I cannot live without. He gives me the right to believe and to be called a child of God. And it's my prayer today that even through the silliness and the foolishness of me, me standing on the pulpit and <coughs> to explain to you the depths and the riches of the, of the Word of God in a human way with a human heart that is sinful and stumbling and, and all these things, that I, I trust and I pray that God will use this, the preaching and the teaching of His Word, to open your mind so that you would understand and when you hear this when you hear this that you will respond by believing in him and if there's anything that you have not understood find out because you've got no excuse. You can come and talk to me. You can come and go and talk to any one of the elders. You can go and, and find out more. Search. Because the Lord says, Seek and you will find. Let us pray. Our Father, we pray that you will help us to understand these things Father, it must have been a shock to Nicodemus that night to hear from the Lord himself that a good life on earth cannot please God. And yet you held out to him the gospel, you held out to him the way of salvation by faith in Jesus Christ. So you have done to us this morning and you have held out to us the, the marvel of the grace of Jesus Christ. And we pray that you will give us that grace to not pass the moment without 
making sure for ourselves that we indeed see the kingdom of God and that we are indeed children of God. We pray this in the name of Jesus, our Lord and our Saviour. Amen.